0: This is People Every Day. Coming up...
1: If anything else, it should motivate us. Let's do what Dogman X would have wanted us to do. Let's turn up.
0: Rapper Rick Ross remembers DMX and discusses his own difficult health journey. Plus, breaking down the most memorable, meme-worthy, and controversial moments of the Oscars. It's April 26th. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to People Every Day, this bright and shiny Monday. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. And on this day, which happens to be National Pretzel Day, I'd like to speak my truth. Now, I always tell my son, don't yuck my yum. But just for you all, I don't like pretzels. There, I said it. I particularly loathe the little crunchy ones that have been weaseling their way into some of my favorite snacks for years. Uh, now, I could do a hot and fresh, saltless, doughy number with mustard at, say, a stadium, sure, but never my go-to. <laughs> now that that's off my chest, more important matters to attend to, like DMX's funeral or better yet, homegoing ceremony that took place in Brooklyn over the weekend. the sound of the many, many fans on motorcycles, dirt bikes, and four-wheelers that turned out at Barclays Center to commemorate the famed rapper and Rough Riders member who died at 50. In addition, it seemed like all of hip-hop turned out, from Busta Rhymes to Kanye West. There was this huge white floral arrangement in the shape of an X that was beautiful and poignant, and it kind of felt like the end of an era. Later in the show, I catch up with another hit rapper, Rick Ross. He talks about his connection to DMX, but also his own roller coaster health journey and newest venture that's helping others needing healthcare. So you don't want to miss that. Okay. Now what I'm, What am I forgetting? Uh, Did anything else happen this weekend? (laughs) The Oscars, of course. No, my my feet still hurt from the one hour I spent in heels hosting People and Entertainment Weekly's pre-show. So I definitely didn't forget that. Joining me now to get into all that happened at Hollywood's biggest night, from all the amazingness to those head-scratcher moments, here's People.com movies editor Nigel Smith. Hi, Nigel.
2: Yeah, a lot of head-scratching moments last night.
0: Glenn close doing the butt. What does that say to you?
2: And It came late in the show when we needed a little pick-me-up, and she obviously provided that with that bump and grind because nobody knew she had those moves. I wasn't expecting that at all, that you knew the butt.
1: Uh, it's, it's very, it's dope and uncomfortable at the same time that you had. All, but you know, do you know the dance, though? Do you know how to do the butt? Quest, turn up. Come on, let's see it. Let me see you do the butt.
0: So for those who didn't see, yes, I'm starting almost halfway through the show, but Glenn Close, the you know, esteemed actress, um, decided to just show us what she was working with. <laughs> and Lil Rel got her to do the butt. Like this hit song that was, of course, written for uh, Spike Lee's School Days movie years and years ago. I love School Days, Um, but it just created such like a breath of fresh
2: air. Completely. And it came out of nowhere. And this was after, you know, she lost, I think it was her eighth Oscar. She's been up for eight nominations before. So to see her so jubilant and just, you know, getting down and she really kind of just proved that being a loser doesn't suck.
0: I loved it. So out of order. Sorry, you guys. But that was the highlight for me. So take us back to the 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 show from a bird's eye view. Nigel, how did you feel about last night? It was hostless. It was live. Um, you know, a lot of history was made. Uh, certain things didn't happen that people expected. So what was your overall takeaway from the Oscars?
2: I went into the show obviously not knowing how it was going to play out. They have had so many press conferences uh, selling this as a, a movie. They kept telling the press that this wasn't going to be like any other Oscars, that it wasn't going to be like any other award show. And so I didn't know what to expect going into it. And when it kicked off with Regina King strutting down Union Station in that gorgeous gown and then taking command of the stage, which with her Oscar that she won a couple years back, that was such a powerful powerful. powerful moment. And I was so excited for what was to come, but I thought it was just so refreshing and exciting to see talent without masks on.
0: Absolutely true. It just felt like, okay, things are actually coming back. If Hollywood is coming back like this, things might be coming back. Uh, so, So what was just an award that you felt like got it right? Like, yes, that's what it was supposed to be. This person won. Um, My my pick for
2: that would be best director going to close out for Nomadland. I mean, everybody expected it. We knew that she was going to make history as the first Asian female director to win that award. She brought the real life nomads from the movie to the Oscars, which made for obviously a really, really powerful red carpet moment.
0: Yeah, and I loved what she said as well. Let's play a little clip of her acceptance speech. She, she talks about um, just the beauty of human beings. People at birth are inherently good. And those six letters had such a great impact on me when I was a kid. And I still truly believe them today. So beautiful. It was one of those speeches that just, uh, it, it was a time, time-stamped moment. Like you're going to remember that speech for years to come, right?
2: Yeah, it was just beautifully put, and she obviously had something prepared, probably knowing that she had a really good chance of winning, and she really made the most of her moment. And it was such a humane speech,
0: for sure. Uh, so let's let's get into another acceptance speech that has been uh, kind of making the rounds on social media right now. Daniel Kaluuya. A 32-year-old Daniel Kaluuya who won Best Supporting Actor for his performance as Black Panther Leader Chairman Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, He got his first Academy Award, uh, but he had an emotional acceptance speech, right, Nigel?
2: (laughs) Emotional, yes, but it was also just hilarious because unlike uh, the Oscars in previous years, they somehow managed to get his mother and I think it was his sister out at a hub, I think it was in England, Mm -hmm. to to watch it live and to actually record their reaction. And he took full advantage of that (laughs) by making some references to his parents' sex life, which really took his mother by surprise. And backstage he said, I don't think my mom gonna be very happy with me after that stunt I pulled.
1: We're breathing, we're walking, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like it's incredible. My mom met my dad,
2: they had sex. It's amazing. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm here. That made for such a great viral moment and it was honestly one of the sole funny moments of the night and you know with award shows you need some levity
0: so so fun all right now let's talk about the winner for best lead actress Frances mcdormand who's no stranger to an oscar but she had quite a memorable speech this year let's just listen to one key moment
2: we give this one to our wolf
3: oh
0: A lot of folks didn't know what this was in reference to, but there's a heartbreaking backstory. Can you explain what she was doing in that moment, Nigel?
2: It's actually um, quite sad um, because um, I believe that a member from the crew actually um, took his own life um, shortly after the making of the film. And I think that was in reference to, to this person and to honor, um, and to honor him. But in the moment, obviously it took a lot of people by surprise. And, uh, she's one of the most unpredictable stars we have in Hollywood. And last night she obviously delivered my favorite quote of hers. I think it was during her best actress win. And she just said, I like work which is such a simple statement to make, but obviously so uh, profound, you know, like she just loves what she does and she's happy to share it with the world and to get uh, awards for it,
0: and it kind of related to me to what Ye Jong Yoon said in her speech when she was talking about basically just being a, a working mom. I got two boys; uh, they they told me I, uh, you know, to work and look. This is the result of of your mom working an Academy Award. Uh, but I, I want to talk about the big snub. Uh, I didn't wa- I didn't want to front load this. I want to take some time and and dig into it. Chadwick Boseman. Uh, This was someone that everyone talked about was going to be a shoe in for, for Best Actor in a leading role for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
2: It was a huge it, shock, but still, he, Anthony Hopkins was the only other person, I think, who could have won the award that night, and it happened.
0: For sure. So so take me into that. Uh, one, let's listen to Anthony Hopkins' acceptance speech, and then I want to dig into just some of the fallout from uh, how that all played out last night. So let's listen to what Anthony Hopkins had to say. Very grateful to the Academy, and thank you. And I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Bozeman, who's taken from us far too early. And again, thank you all very much. So so what are we hearing or what were you hearing in the, the hours after the awards show ended with what I feel like a lot of people have said is kind of an anticlimactic ending, right?
2: Yeah. And honestly, for that, I just blame uh, the producers, who, whoever kind of set up the schedule of the night, because normally you have best picture given out last. And then it's a celebration of what the Academy has deemed the best film of the year. But in this case, I think they want to, as I said before, a- end on an emotional high note by giving it probably to Chadwick Boseman and you would get that kind of cathartic release at the end of the show, like you would in a, in a film. And that would kind of tie into what the producers were saying in terms of the show playing like a movie that obviously Mm -hmm. didn't happen because Chadwick did not win. His widow did not get to take the stage and and honor his career in the way that so many fans of his wanted to see. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. we also didn't get a good moment from Anthony Hopkins because he wasn't at one of the hubs to give a live speech. So we were robbed of that catharsis at the end of the show. And that is unfortunate because at the end of the day, Anthony Hopkins is one of our most treasured actors of all time.
0: Yeah. And so let's let's break down how it works as well, because uh, no one knows.
2: And this really goes to show that, I mean, people presume that Chadwick is going to win. But this just goes to show you that no one knows until they open up that envelope who's gonna win. So they really took a big big swing by doing that with the categories and putting actress and actor last and their swing unfortunately just kind of missed if you are watching it as a viewer and want a big finale we didn't get that and it's unfortunate but hey it's the oscars and you gotta love the live aspect of it all and the fact that the oscars are never predictable and i think that's a great thing
0: well you know i've Someone had told me Glenn Close was going to do the butt. (laughs) I would have said, nope, not happening. (laughs) Nigel, thank you so much for just breaking down the night for me and and just all that expert insight into how it works and and what was said and why it was said. I love it. So thank you.
2: Of course. And I hope you got some rest after the Oscars.
0: And now, a recap of the night's biggest style moments with none other than People's Style and Beauty director Andrea Laventhal.
3: Really what matters is my personal favorite, and that was Carrie Mulligan. She made an abs-bearing bra top look elegant. Yeah, her Valentino couture look was just stunning and sexy at the same time. And I just love a a ball gown at the Oscars, because really, if you can't wear it there, you can't wear it anywhere. I had really high hopes for Zendaya, and thank you, girl, because she did not disappoint. She wore a neon yellow Valentino gown inspired by the one and only Cher. Angela Bassett was another standout for me. She wore an Alberta Ferretti gown, which featured these massive sleeves that really, in my opinion, were meant to help enforce social distancing rules, which makes the fashion very functional, but the ladies weren't the only ones who brought their fashion A-game. My best dressed man goes to Sasha Baron Cohen, who reminded me of a waiter at like a European five-star hotel in that Ralph Lauren suit. It was cream and brown. I don't know, something about it just made me want to order an Aperol spritz and post a lot of annoying photos on Instagram. It left me inspired. I want to go shopping. And I can't wait for more in-person red carpet events.
0: Next up, the unapologetically opulent Rick Ross on losing DMX, his health, and well, having it all. Stay tuned. The man himself, Rick Ross, Ricky Rosé to the fans is on the show today and he is an award-winning rapper and consummate businessman and now a healthcare equity advocate. So I want to talk to you a little bit about JetDoc, this this new program and and what it means to you personally, how this is affecting the community in Georgia and can affect the community at large.
1: Really, you know, I just feel like I've been blessed to be in a position where I could do more. So I'm responsible for that. You know, my own personal health scares that I suffered through, I began having seizures close to a, uh, a decade ago. One episode, it went much further than the other ones have. I was in, you know, unconscious for two days, woke up. And, you know, I had my family around me. I looked at everything a lot different then. You know, I had time to spend into the hospital where I used to get up out the bed and roam around. I got to know people, speak to people and realize, you know, what was really going on. And, you know, that was just something on my subconscious. You know, uh, my mother being an RN for 30 plus years, I think it played a major role in me um, wanting to do more as well. This is the, the, the biggest black owned, you know, telehealth. Um, system being created in this country. Many, many years from now, I think it's going to be something that was huge and it was a great idea and it's going to help a lot of people because, you know, Black people, brown people, you know, we have a thing with healthcare in this country. It's expensive. A lot of us feel it's too expensive. They go to the emergency room, the prescription they get, half of them won't get filled because they can't afford them, so on and so forth. And most importantly, this is an affordable alternative. We're talking $10 a month to have health care at your fingertips.
0: Yeah. And so JetDoc is a telehealth platform right. where patients can quickly and easily connect with right. doctors and nurses. Right. That's so cool. And especially in the era that we're living in right now with COVID. It, right. It's with hard COVID, to,
1: yeah. With, with yeah. COVID. You know, I, my mother, is, she just celebrated her seventy. Her 70th. And, you know, we had to really convince her. We had to really convince her that it's okay to have people come into the house and, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, COVID is so serious. And when when you discuss hospital tour, she'll do anything to avoid going to a hospital. Mm. This was something personally that, you know, my mother personally uses and something that we personally use.
0: And, and you talked about Talking about the personal um, You've talked about all of this Your your health journey as well In hurricanes right. That book is so good If right. you guys haven't read it Read this book It is just Just all the nuggets From the music To your backstory To your personal journey With your health um, How are you feeling These days You, you, you famously lost 90 pounds right. And have really just kind of Done a whole turnaround So how are you feeling These days
1: I'm feeling I'm feeling amazing I haven't had a seizure been you know close to two years so that's huge for me I've been able to keep my weight where I wanted it to be you know it's just all about discipline and you know getting my mental right I really feel like success begins with self you know and a lot of yeah. times we we take that for granted until we are close to losing it and a lot of times at that point yeah. we're too late
0: and, and just you saying that makes me think of of the very dearly departed DMX. Of and course. And just uh, everything that we've learned about his life and that struggle. Um, how, how are you feeling as, as, you know, up here in, in the hip hop space? How are you feeling and, and how did that news sit with you?
1: You know, that's something that's, you know, been on my heart for so many years. I had the opportunity of working with DMX last year. We actually recorded the lead single for uh, Godfather Harlem. Swiss Beats was involved and, you know, DMX was on the record. I was on the record. We filmed the video. I got to be on the set for a whole day with, you know, Dog Man X, you know, with DMX. And I got to see the funny side of him. You know, we got to laugh at a few jokes. I saw him, you know, you know, really focused and turned up and, you know, hearing about his addiction many years ago, being in the industry is something that's been, you know, my heart the most. You know, me having family members that suffer with addiction, I understood the struggle that he was up against. You know understand it, mm-hmm. so it's something that was really painful. Of course, I didn't expect this. You know, and it it, it just hurt. So, yeah. you know, if anything else, it should motivators. Let's do what Dog Man X would have wanted us to do. Let's turn up. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, I, I saw you very recently uh on the big screen as well. Well, it was on the small screen because it's right, COVID, right, but right. it would have been on the big screen. Right. Coming to America, the the sequel. What was that experience like for you? You were just there, part of the militia, yeah, like yeah, ready was, to you know, ready to do a, what you I, had to do. Yeah, I
1: was just a part of the army, ready to ride for the big homie, you know what I'm saying? But it was it was an amazing experience, you know, for me growing up, coming to America may have been my favorite movie of all time. Without a doubt, it's top three, you know, but uh, me loving Eddie Murphy the way I did as a youngster. So just to have this opportunity with them filming part two at my state, you know, in Atlanta. And of Mm -hmm. course, me being a negotiator, I am. I had to squeeze me a little cameo in. And, you know, <laughs> they showed me a lot of love, man. And I just ran up and I had fun, man. It was something I won't never let go.
0: Where are we music wise? I know something dropped very recently. So tell me, tell me what's in the works and, and what should people be listening to?
1: Oh, man. Uh, shout out to uh, me and Drake. Drake released a collaboration. I was featured on oh, yeah. um, Lemon Pepper Freestyle uh, a couple weeks back. That That's doing pretty great. Uh, it's doing real dope, matter of fact, and uh, I'm putting the final touches on my, my newest album, Richer Than I Ever Been. And uh, what's dope about my album is I, I got a clip on it from Bob Marley. When somebody asked Bob Marley, was he rich? You know, and Bob Marley asks him, you know, what kind of rich are you talking about?
0: Mm.
1: You know, because... We can't be talking dollar sign rich. I'm another kind of rich. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> going to be a powerful piece I release in the next couple months. So everybody who rock with Rose, it won't be long
0: nice nice and, and my my husband wanted me to ask because he still loves that moment where you said pears <laughs> so, right, right, so, right. so 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 what what's the diet like for for you know, Rick Ross right now are you uh, are you still
1: enjoying pears let let your <laughs> let your husband know you know said <laughs> you know you know we still we still doing our thing, man. We still doing okay, our I love it. We still doing our thing. <laughs> fruit we, fruit in hand. I love this. Fruit in hand. We still got it close, so it still pairs.
0: Oh, you, you look great. You sound great. I'm so excited for this. And you're doing great work, too. So really appreciate
1: speaking with you. Thank you. It means a lot. Let's make sure we do it again.
0: That was rapper Rick Ross. For more on him, head over to people.com. And now, the first something to make you smile of the week. And let me warn you, it's random. Any Josh's out there? Well, there were a heck of a lot of Josh's in Nebraska recently, and here's the wild reason why. Last year, University of Arizona student Josh Swain had the fun idea, likely induced by quarantine boredom, to message countless people named Josh on social media and invite them all to battle it out once and for all to be named King Josh. <laughs> that Fast forward to this year, that battle took place on a grassy field in Lincoln, Nebraska this past weekend, where hundreds of Joshes gathered with foam pool noodles as their swords and fought it out Braveheart style for that coveted first name. In the end, four-year-old warrior Joshua Vincent Jr., dubbed Little Josh, was crowned winner. Listen to that sweet moment. And even better, the silly event raised $8,000 for a children's hospital and tons of food for a local pantry. So they weren't just joshing around, okay? (laughs) Talk to you guys tomorrow.